Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. The scripture said there's, there's no temptation, there's no trial or test taking you, but such as is common to man, and that God is faithful he will always make a way of escape. He will always make a way out of it, to overcome it, to, to triumph over it, we could say. So do not think that you can get in a situation in life that is hopeless, that there just is no way out of this. That's a lie. That's an untrue thing. If the Bible is true, and it is, then the Lord won't allow a situation in your life that you can't get out of with His help. Say it out loud, there's a way out. There's a way of victory. There's a way to overcome. And Father, we ask You to show us that. We ask You to show us the, the way out, show us the answers, the way to overcome today. Uh, add to us the things we haven't seen and understood. Remind us of things you've already shown us and how to apply them, how to put them into practice. And we say, Lord, we, we seek your glory, not our own, but that for every victory that's wrought, every miracle, every healing, every deliverance, every restoration, we want others to see that it's you who did it and, and you get the glory and praise. And we say, be glorified in us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Do you believe there's a way out, class? There's a, there's a way to victory, no matter what the situation is. And the beginning uh, of the uh, coming out is just the simple thing we just did, just agreeing with God and saying, this is not hopeless. I can come out. I can't just saying it. Saying it takes faith when you can't see how it could be. Because the enemy is always trying to overwhelm you with hopelessness. And he's always, he always makes things out to be worse than they actually are. And with God, all things are possible. Right? Uh, but so much of it we don't see. And just because you can't see how to get out of it doesn't mean God can't see how to get out of it. He's already seen it. He saw it before you got into it. He, there is a way, and He is the way. Hallelujah. Said out loud, I'm, I'm coming out. I'm triumphing over every problem. I'm winning. He always causes me to triumph. In Christ. in Christ. Hallelujah. Just, just saying that in faith gives the Lord access to work in your life. Because you're agreeing with Him. 
instead of uh, disagreeing with him. We began yesterday talking about healing in the book of Acts. And we saw in the first chapter of Acts, if you want to look there again, Acts 1 and 1, the Lord used uh, Dr. Luke to pen this. And in Acts 1.1, he said, by the Spirit of God through him, the former treatise have I made, and that refers to the gospel account of Luke, O Theophilus, who he was sending this to, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Everybody say began. Began. So everything that we read about Jesus preaching, teaching, healing, delivering, working miracles that's recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that was not the end of something when it comes to his ministry. That was the beginning of something. And why would the first verse of the book of Acts start out with that? Because what you're about to read in these following chapters is a continuation of what Jesus began. Is that right, class? We're all on the same page. And so, um, contrary to what some religious groups teach and believe, healing and miracles did not end with the ministry of Jesus, nor did it end with the ministry of the twelve apostles. Uh, we see in the scriptures that it wasn't only the twelve that ministered these things, but an additional seventy uh, in the days of Jesus' ministry, and now in the book of Acts, we see the apostles being used, but not only the apostles, we see prophets, we see evangelists, we see lay people, right? Having gifts of the Spirit and manifestations of the Spirit. And so when it says Acts of the Apostles as a title on the book of Acts, um, I think that's not accurate. And again, that's not something the Spirit of God inspired uh, that's men that gave that title to that book. I would call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. A record of that. And the neat thing about that, this book is still being written. Right? It didn't end at, what, 28 chapters. Um, the, is the church still going on? Is the Holy Spirit still in the church? Well, then the book of Acts is still being written. I don't know what chapter we're on. It'd be, it'd be far down the road. But you and I are in there somewhere, right? And how many think we ought to have some of the same kind of things we see in the early part of the church here? Same Holy Spirit. God doesn't change. And so we saw the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And the people filled. And the sign of tongues where people understood the tongues in their own languages, multiple of them. And we saw uh, 3,000 people got saved on that one day. So man, the church is off to a start here. And then we get to the very next chapter, just a couple of verses later. The third chapter, we see another miracle happen in Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Now that uh, correlates with hour three o'clock in the afternoon, because uh, they counted six in the morning as the first hour. 
of the day. And so uh, six to 12 would be six hours. Another three would be nine hours. And that'd be our three o'clock in the afternoon. And they called it the hour of prayer. Reckon we could learn anything from that. I mean, they, this is something apparently they did on a regular basis that they went up uh, to the temple and in the afternoon at three o'clock and they took an hour to just pray uh, from, I guess, three o'clock in the afternoon to four o'clock or so in the afternoon. Uh, you know, a lot of folks, uh, uh, they don't have a five minutes of prayer. But uh, how many think if it was good for Peter and John to pray uh, for an hour every afternoon, would it, would it be good for us to pray? And not just a couple of minutes, but, uh, you know, we live in a loud, distracting, busy world, especially with all of our technology that we have and all the media. Uh, you you got to watch uh, because uh, many people are just perpetually interrupted. They are continually, all day and all night, something's buzzing, something's dinging, something, you know, there's a message, there's an email, there's a call, there's something, and you, you know, you can become addicted to uh, and trained like a, a dog. Ding, and you go, huh? <laughs> And think that you have to respond to every uh, stimuli that's coming through your technology. Uh, this will cause you to be carnal and unspiritual. Because all you're, all you're aware of is the external. And there is no end to doing searches on the internet. And all of the connections and, and likes, and it just goes on and on and on and on. And you can stay uh, with your face in a screen all day long and half the night and not get sleep and, and think that you can't be three feet away from your devices. This will make you carnal, unspiritual unaware of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be, you know, tethered and continually interrupted and distracted by the external. We want to be continually monitoring the internal. Oh, come on, class, are y'all with me? Huh? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. This is a big deal, class. Why are we talking about this? Well, uh, they didn't have all those distractions back then, but they still had distractions. I mean, there's always been something that you could be preoccupied with. You know, they had fishing business. They had family. They had, you know, there's always something that you can be preoccupied with instead of God if you'll follow it, if you'll yield to it. But they had a, a block of time every afternoon 
that nothing else is going on. No business, no family. We're not eating, we're not sleeping, we're not playing golf. Prayer time. In order to put God first, you have to prioritize. And you got to mean business about it. And when it's time to read your scripture, it's time to read your scripture. You don't do other things. You don't let other things knock you out of that. You put everything else on hold. When it's time to go to church, it's church time, right? You don't let some little something come up and say, oh, I can't go because, you know, I need some new shoelaces or something. Now you're laughing, but I'm telling you, people, you know, it's pitiful how easily distracted people are and how easy it is for the enemy to separate them from what they so vitally need. You need, uh, you know, there's all this physical stimuli. There's all this intellectual and mental stimuli. There's all this emotional stimuli around. Music, art, and all this stuff. But what you need more than anything else is spiritual input. Because you're first and foremost a spirit being. And if that, the inner part of your being, is not well fed and cared for, it's going to cause an imbalance that goes through your whole person. It's going to cause imbalances in your mind, in your emotions, in your body, in your relationships. And you'll find that uh, developing spiritually includes developing powers of concentration. Developing spiritually includes developing powers of focus and concentration. What, what do you mean? That when you say, I'm going to pray for an hour, then you don't allow anything else to interfere. Are y'all with me, class? Because if you, if you do, if you will let something else interfere, the enemy will see to it that something comes up to interfere. And if you're always being buzzed with a message or this or that, you, you can't do what you need to do spiritually by, by checking it every couple of minutes while you're supposed to be praying. You're not praying. You're, you're playing with the things of God. you got to focus. Everybody say focus. focus. Developing spiritually involves developing powers of concentration and focus. When you say, it's time to read my word around our churches here, we read a chapter uh, every day, Monday through Friday. And when you say, it's time to read the chapter, then I mean everything else is paused. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. Don't mess with me. You're not talking about a lot of time. And even with this, one hour, how much time is that in your day? Right? Should we do it? Should we do it? It'll change your life. I said it'll change your life because the enemy is a master of distraction. That is one of his big things is, uh, and, and it's, it's too easy for him with most believers because most believers are babies. And you know how easily distracted babies are. You know, the Lord will begin to get somebody's attention and the enemy goes, hey, 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 over here. And they go, huh? 
and he has broken their connection. No, you got to mean business. You got to mean business. And so these men, if you want to be like real spiritual people, you follow their example. They had a time, and I mean it was every day, that they had set aside and it was the hour of prayer. And so they prayed. And, and uh, it, it, when you first start doing it, uh, you have to train yourself because you, you'll find out how carnal you are. You know, you, you, you go to start praying and, and uh, if, you're, if you've been addicted to your phone or whatever, you're, you're like somebody that's smoking trying to reach for their pack. You're like, Where, where's my phone? It's okay. I'll be okay. And, and I'm praying, I'm praying. And, and you think, okay, well, how long's it been? You know, it's been five minutes. Uh, okay, all right, I'm praying. And you're going to start praying in the Spirit. And when you're praying in the Spirit, your understanding's unfruitful. And so your, your mind's doing this, going, okay, what are we doing now? You're praying in, in tongues, and then your, your, your mind may say, hey, hey. And if you're not smart, you'll go, what? Uh, I thought I saw some chicken in the refrigerator. Okay, why don't we go get it? You say, shut up, shut up, I'm praying. <laughs> now you're laughing, but you know, right? And you have to uh, just keep getting a hold of your mind and bringing it back to where it's supposed to be, just focusing it on the Lord and just keep bringing it back. And after a while, you'll train yourself. And then uh, when, when you really begin to get into the spirit of some things and, and the Lord begins to talk to you about some things, He begins to show you some things and showing you what to pray for and, and what to say. And next thing you know, you look up, it's been an hour and 20 minutes. You go, oh, praise God. You're actually praying. You're actually doing, you're, you're being, getting into the spirit of some things. Can you say amen, class? Is, is this okay? Yes. And so uh, the reason I say that is because we're about to see these men used in the gifts of the spirit. And uh, my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, who I consider to be a very spiritual man, uh, he said that he found in his own life that the more he prayed and prayed in the Spirit, the more of these manifestations he had. The less he prayed, prayed in the Spirit, the less of these other manifestations that he had. And um, that, that makes perfect sense because what they did, there's a manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit here. We'll talk about that as we go. But they had to be aware of it, and they had to respond to it. And what's going to make you aware of the Holy Spirit? How are you going to get more familiar with Him and more confident in what's Him and, and how to respond? Well, spending time, right? Spending time with Him, praying, talking to Him, listening to Him, and it becomes... Um, a, a way of life, not just something you do to impress somebody or you're not doing it for anybody else. It's, it's the way you live uh, and, and you, you have acknowledged this is vital to my life. I, I had to have this uh, as much as being able to sleep or eat a meal or something else. I have to have this. And you know that there's people in your life 
that you've known half your life or, or, or whatever, and if they call you on the phone uh, and they, they didn't even tell you who they are, they say three words and you know who they are, right? You know who they are because you have heard them through all kinds of situations uh, for year after year. Uh, you instantly recognize their voice. Didn't the Lord say, my sheep know my voice? Is that right? And a stranger's voice they won't follow. And that's what you, what you do when you, you take some time to pray and to wait on the Lord. And you, it's not like you're trying to make something happen. You just focus your mind on Him. And you keep thinking about Him. And you keep, in your heart, you, you look towards Him. And you, you seek His, His face. And you, you're listening. And He'll commune with you. And you do that week after week, year after year, uh, then it'll be the same way. When he speaks to your heart, he'll say two words and you'll know it's him. You'll know it's him. You won't have to ask anybody. And then when he prompts you and says, uh, tell that man in the name of Jesus, get up. Can you see what I'm, why I'm talking about this? They knew it was him, Right? They're not trying something here. They knew it was him. And so they boldly just did what he told them to do. And glory to God, a miracle, a, a, a sign and wonder miracle that shook the whole city. Hallelujah. And we're going to see in a minute, thousands more got saved. Whoo. Is this the will of God? Yes. Oh, it doesn't get any more will of God than this. This is, the, this is the will of God. This is the plan of God. This is the ways of God. Is it an accident that the thing starts off here with the hour of prayer? Would there, could there be any connection? Huh? And this is, they weren't starting this this day. This was, this was their practice. This was their lifestyle. Their lifestyle. So they went up, Peter and John, went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. Now we, we find out later, we're given detail in chapter four, that the man was over 40 years old. And he'd never taken a step in his life. And it, it seems probable that this was a birth defect of some kind, that he was born uh, with some deformity or missing bones or parts or something in his ankles, in his feet. And he'd been this way for over 40 years. A certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. So he couldn't, he couldn't take a step. He couldn't get along with a the crutch. They had to literally uh, carry him. And they laid him daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. And so this was a high traffic spot, people coming to the temple, leaving the temple. And so he was in a spot where a lot of people would see him. 
And they laid him there, how often? Daily. Daily. And we know that, you know, Peter and John, they have a habit of going up to the temple uh, every day to pray. So had they walked by this man before? Yeah. How many times? Likely many times. Right? That they had walked right by this man, maybe even given him something. Uh, But daily is when these things happened. Every day. Every day. And he was laid there at this gate to ask alms. Now, another word for alms, and it could be translated uh, mercy and or kindness. Isn't it interesting that uh, how many times in Jesus' ministry that we studied those individual cases, they asked for mercy, right? They asked for mercy and got healing. Healing is a mercy. Said out loud class, healing Healing. is a mercy. mercy. And I mean, we, we studied this already. We saw numerous scriptures along this line that God is rich in mercy. Under all that call on him. And so if you say healing's not for everyone, you just got through saying mercy's not for everyone. And that's not true. I said that's not true. The, the Bible specifically says otherwise. Mercy is available to all. He is rich in mercy to all who will call on him. And so even though the man here is not asking uh, necessarily for healing, He asked for mercy. He asked for a kindness. Kindness, you know, for the the infirm, kindness for the cripple, kindness for the lame, you know, an alms, a mercy, have mercy, have mercy. You know, he's saying something, can you understand? As people are going and coming, he's saying something to get their attention that they might give him something not as a payment, not as for he deserves something, but a mercy. Mercy, mercy for the poor, mercy, kindness. And this day when he said mercy, he asked an alms specifically of Peter and John. He called to them, mercy, mercy. And they said, Peter with John said, look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Now, probably not a healing, <laughs> but expectation is the right channel. Yes. Come on, can you see that? Yes, they, they got him on the, why, why did he say, look at us? Because he wants to connect with him and he wants to get him in expectation. He wants, he's prompted to, to minister to him by the Spirit of God. Are you expecting anything today, class? Yes. If you're in faith, you're expecting something. And if you're expecting something good, you're excited about it. Somebody say, I'm expecting good things from my good God. And I'm excited about it. Hallelujah. Our time's up again. Well, uh, as you can see, we have just begun in this. So come back with us tomorrow and we're going to get more into it. We're going to learn how to receive of his mercies because they endure forever. They do not end. Till next time, we'll see you. 
back in faith school. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.